Okay, we're up to Thursday's portion of Vayishlach. Well, here we just had Jacob going through a lot of really intense hardships. Going through 20 years in the house of Lavan, escalated by the encounter with Lavan when he flees away, his whole encounter with Esau, incredibly draining experience spiritually, and now he comes to another very hard chapter, which is when his daughter Dina is molested, is violated by the prince of Shechem. So the verse, the section begins, Now Dina, the daughter of Leah, whom she had born to Jacob, went out to look over the daughters of the land. So it says she's the daughter of Leah, and Rashikam is not the daughter of Jacob, um, because it says she went out to, like, friend the girls of the land this was like Leah because Leah would go out like it says that Leah went out to Jacob at night from which she bore him and from here we say the saying like mother like daughter just very briefly this seems to be sort of implying Dina's doing something negative and she's just like her mother who's doing something negative and they both like go out in an inappropriate fashion and then look what happened to her but we know that can't really be Rashi's intention because when Leah went out, this was lauded as a very, very special thing, that reference that Rashi is bringing, that Leah went out to Jacob in the field that she so much wanted to bear more of the tribes. And from that night together, a very special holy child, Yisachar, was conceived. So Leah is going out with mother like daughter and Dean is going out is like Leah is going out it means that really there was something very good here and actually Dean is going out the power her real desire was to bring them close to God obviously she was violated very horrible tragedy what happened to her but it was really coming from her in a completely good place, not doing anything wrong, not have any wrong intentions, and not being anything inappropriate, but her desire to reach out and, and bring God to the people, which actually is why in that merit of her righteousness, of her desire to bring God to the people, that's why as part of the what happened in the continuing storyline before the people were killed out because of what they had allowed to happen in their city, all of the males were circumcised, which did, on a certain level, bring them to that closer relationship with God because that was what Dina wanted in going out to them. The Rashi shouldn't be understood as condemning Dina, but actually as praising her. The next verse is, the Shechem, the son of Hamar, the Chivi, the prince of the land, saw her, he took her, he lay with her, and he violated her. And Rashi says the reason we have these two expressions of laying with her and violating with her is in the natural manner and in the unnatural manner. And then, after he did this, he became deeply attached to Dina, the daughter of Jacob. He loved the maiden and spoke to the maiden's heart. When he spoke to her heart, he tried to say things that would appeal to her. He said, look, your father spent so much money to take this little piece of land from our territory. I'm going to marry you. You're going to have the whole city and all of its fields. Now, when Jacob heard that Dina was defiled, he heard this while his sons were with livestock in the field, and Jacob kept silent until their arrival. See, in other words, what now happened is, not only did he violate her, but now he wants to marry her. So now he and his father are going to try to, well, the father goes, Shem's father, to 
His father's like the king of the land, if you will, this tiny little land. And he wants to now get permission from Dina's father for the two of them to get married. So Hamash comes father now to Jacob to speak to him. Jacob's son arrived from the field when they heard. They were distressed. They were fired deeply with indignation. We had committed an outrage in Israel by lying with the daughter of Jacob. Such a thing is not done. Meaning, such a thing is not done. So Ash explains that the nations took upon themselves not to violate women. In other words, one of the causes of the flood was this sexual immorality. And therefore, the world, it wasn't just a, a thing of holiness for the family of Jacob, the world had accepted this restriction. And that's why it was so shocking that this actually happened. It wasn't, it wasn't to be expected. It wasn't even in the thoughts of what someone would do. But Hamor spoke to him saying, again, Hamor is a father, Shechem is a son. Shechem, my son, has so longed for your daughter, please give her to him as a wife. So longs, Rashi says, is like the idea of it desires. And intermarry with us. In other words, he's proposing the two become one nation. Give your daughters to us and take our daughters for yourselves. And among us you shall dwell, the land will be before you, settle and trade in it and acquire property in it. And Shechem said to your father and brother, so Shechem was also there, this is the boy himself, the, the, the villain, then begin favoring your eyes and whatever you tell me I will give. Inflate exceedingly upon me the marriage contract and gifts and I'll give whatever you tell me and you give me the maiden for wife. So Shechem is saying, oh, I so much want this girl, I'll, I'll do anything for her. And his father is saying, whatever you want, we'll become two nations, all is good. Rashi says, Moher means a marriage document. Meaning, what they mean by the marriage document means the sum of money that the groom designates to pay his wife out of his estate in case of death or divorce. This is how Rashi understands it. Ramban understands it meaning to be the gifts the groom gives the bride before marriage. Jacob's sons answered Shem and his father Hamor with cleverness, and they spoke because he had deviled their sister Dina. Dorothy says cleverness means like with wisdom. Meaning, it's, it, the word can be understood in a deceitful way, but Rashi is saying, you know, it means a wise way. There's another place in Chumash also where Rashi says the same comment. Now, why did they speak this way? Because he had defiled their sister. So this is what the verse is explaining this, that because he had defiled their sister, what they were doing was not, so to speak, deceit. In other words, it was permissible for them to use any means to bring about the death of Shechem. He committed a crime, which for a non-Jew is a crime, which for a non-Jew is punishable with death. So we're saying here, that's why this second comment backs up the first one, that the Mirma means with wisdom, not with treachery. Because it was legal. It was appropriate after his crime. They said to them, we cannot do this thing to give our sister to a man who is uncircumcised, for that is an insult to us. So Rashi explains, insult, meaning it's considered by us a taint. It's considered by us blasphemy. So we're, not, so we're saying it's an insult among us, that uncircumcised would be a term we would use if we wanted to insult someone. Next verse, only in this condition will we acquiesce to you. If you become like us, if every male among you becomes circumcised. That's what I mentioned before. We will acquiesce. The phrase means like we're going to comply with what you want. If every male among you becomes circumcised. Meaning, in this, Rashi explained, this is a passive verb. 
to become circumcised, not an active verb. Next verse, and we will give our daughters to you, and your daughters will take to ourselves. We will dwell with you and become a single people. The first, the first Rashi is grammatical. That if you're looking inside on the Hebrew, the second nun in this word, vinasan, which has two nuns, is marked with a dugish, with a dot in it. Because as we learned before, actually yesterday, uh, two days ago, in Chumash, that when there's that dot, that dugish in the letter, it means that really there should be two letters, the double letter. So the dugish makes it stronger as if it's a double letter. Because it's hard to say a double letter. That's why the scripture does it that way. Then there's a long Rashi here where Rashi's explaining. Says, and your daughters we will take to ourselves. So Rashi says, you see that when Hamor spoke to Jacob, and when the sons of Jacob responded to Hamor, they attributed the significance to Jacob. They were saying, we're going to take your daughters, and we'll give you who we want to give you. So, like, we're the ones in charge here. But when Hamar and Shechem go to speak to the people of the city to convince them to agree to this plan and all become circumcised, which obviously was very painful at their adult age, they turned it around and they said, their daughters will take for ourselves and our daughters will give to them. So why did they do this? Why did they twist it? Because they themselves said it the other way. Because they wanted to appease them that everyone should agree to be circumcised. Because obviously the men wouldn't, well, we, we should all go through this because your son wants to marry some girl. We should all go through this. So that's what they're saying. No, no, no. It'll be advantageous for us as well. Next verse, but if you will not listen to us to be circumcised, we will take our daughters and go. So the proposal seemed good in the eyes of Hamar and the eyes of Shechem, Hamar's son. The youth did not delay anything, for he wanted Jacob's daughter, and he was most respected of all of his father's household. So not only that Hamar was the king of this area, that Hamar was the king of the area, and Shechem was one of his sons, but Shechem like, had the most power, which I guess is why he was used to getting what he wanted in life. So Hamar and his son Shechem come to the gates of their city and speak to the people of their city, saying, These people are peaceable with us. Let them settle in the land and trade in it. And the land, behold, it is broad of hands before them. Now here is what Rashi commented on. Their daughters we will take for ourselves as wives and give our daughters to them. So Rashi says, peaceable means they're coming in peace. They're coming with a whole heart for us. And the land is broad of hands, meaning like a person who who's very generous, broad-handed, and free-spending. Like, you don't have to worry, thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have this whole other family with all of their, you know, competition to me, all of their animals, all of the trade they do. No, much trade comes here, and it's lost. doesn't have any customers. Don't worry. It's, 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 it's easy. This city attracts trade. You know, Jacob and his family settling here does not mean we're going to lose anything. We have more than we need. Next verse. But, here's a little but, only on this condition will the people acquiesce with us to dwell with us to become a single people, that all our males become circumcised as they themselves are circumcised. So here also, Rashi, we have the same concept of this being in the passive tense. Next word, their livestock, their possessions, all their animals, will they not be ours? That is only access to them and they will settle with us. So again, you see how people work. Shem wants all this because he wants to get Dina. Hamar wants all this because he's an overindulgent father and he wants his son to get what he wants. But when they're speaking with the people, they're like, oh, this is so good for you. You'll get their daughters. Ultimately, you'll get all their possessions to appeal to their greed that they would go along with this plan because, like, what's their investment in it? 
So, so they said, only, let us only acquiesce to them just in this thing, and then they'll settle with us. Um, all the people who go forth through the gate of his city, listen to Hamor and his son Shem and all the males, all those who go forth through the city, gate of his city, were circumcised. So everyone was convinced. Everyone followed along to give, ultimately, so Shem gets his way, so to speak. And because of that, all the people were convinced and they all circumcised themselves. Next verse. And it came to pass on the third day when they were in pain. The third day is the most pain, the most weakness. That two of Jacob's sons, Shimon and Levi, Dina's brothers, each took his sword. And they came upon the city confidently and killed every male. Just to put this in perspective, these two boys were bar mitzvah. They were just 13. Two 13-year-old tzaddikin, saints came and killed every single man. Of course, they had this plot. Now they're circumcised, so they're in a state of weakness. There's two of them in the whole city, and they slew every male. So it says two of Jacob's sons, and Rashi says they were his sons, but they conducted themselves not just as his sons, but as Shimon and Levi, like men, meaning they didn't ask him for his advice. They didn't consult with him about this. They're called Dina's brothers because they risked their lives for her. I mean, obviously... This is this is this is why the Torah is stating the obvious. We know they're Dina's brothers. They were saying they were carrying out their brotherly duty, their brother brotherly love. They put their lives on the line for her, and it says they were confident. Well, I think confident is two of them, and 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 everybody else. So the simple little explanation is well, they knew everybody was just circumcised. They're in pain. They're weak. We can get them. But still, it's a whole city, and the midrash says they were confident in the power of Jacob. Meaning, because of Jacob's holiness, they knew that they would succeed in this mission, which they did. And Hamor and Shem son, they killed with the blade of a sword, and then they took Dina from Shem's house and left. So here, every single male was punished, which according to law, every single male deserved this for being implicitly part of this act by allowing this to happen, meaning something's going on and you have the power to stop it, and here everybody knew it was what he was doing and nobody stopped him from doing it, so that's like you're part of the crime. And the punishment for this crime is death. And therefore, every single one of them deserved death legally for allowing this outrage to happen, which, of course, we could take as a moral lesson that when we see something going on, we have to take accountability and not say, I'm not the one doing it. And we'll stop at this point.